0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church, and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Earlier on this year, I had some time where I was just thinking about a one-liner that I've heard maybe thousands of times, which goes like this, the best is, you obviously haven't heard it. <laughs> the best is yet to, yet to come. And as I began to think about that, I thought, you know, the enemy so often uses what has already been to cloud what is here right now. And if he can't use our past to cloud our present He will dominate our present with what is not yet. And I'd like to suggest that even though tomorrow is going to be great in God, the best is not yet to come. The best is here right now. I had a dad who in his later years loved to walk and he would walk for miles. In fact, he would do between 8 and 10 kilometres every day. He died at a fairly early age of 79. But even when he was 78, before he got a little unwell, he would walk these eight to 10 kilometres every day and he would look for people that didn't know about Jesus and he would just ask them, do you know about Jesus? And dad left with me many things, but one of the highlights of his life was something that he said when somebody said to him at 79, how do you walk eight to nine kilometres every day? He said, it's pretty easy, really. You just put this foot in front of the other one. And you just put that foot in front of that one. And if you keep doing that, you're going to walk right in to a future that God's promised you. And I have it in my heart tonight. I've had it sitting on me this weekend that some of us here tonight need to hear this, that God is saying to us, stop waiting for the miracle, but walk on. Make a decision that you're not going to allow what has taken place or you're not going to become enamoured with what is not yet. But to take the authority of the moment and not give up, but to continue to forge into your future the significance that God has by taking your next step. Seriously, that God is wanting to take us to a point where we haven't been before, but we are those that are going, we're not giving up just because we can't see. We're not giving up just because we've gone through a valley. We're not giving up because there's a few scars that are the residue of the journey so far. Though God's the healer of the infection beneath the scars and we walk like Jesus walked scarred into eternity. And I know this verse has been such a foundation to my life and I want to give it to you. Many of you have heard it. But in Philippians 3 and verse 12, Paul the Apostle says this, he says, Not that I have already arrived. You know, when people point the finger at you and say, well, you're not really a long way along. You go, that's right, I have not arrived. Or am I already perfected, but I press on. It's that sense of, I'm going to keep at this thing. I'm going to have a lean in to the future that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has already laid hold of for me. I'm going to lay hold of that for which, that for which. In other words, if I don't do my that, there is no which. It's kind of like God has got promises through the Bible that all of us can move into. You know, God promises you a fruitful life. But as we saw this morning, if you have no root, you have no fruit. But when you begin to go, no, no, I'm not perfect, but I'm pressing on. I'm making a decision tonight that the enemy has held me to the past. He's contained me by my inability to see past my present or I'm just going to take the next step. I'm just going to press toward. You, You know, people say, Paul, what have you done? Here you are 59 years of age, always been in church. The church in New Zealand is growing more significantly now than ever. What have you done? I, I, I've been through battles. There is so much that I could tell you that's negative. But one thing I've decided is just to be like dad. See, some of us have stopped walking. And so because we've stopped walking, we fail to feel the freshness of the breeze. It's kind of like we're stationary. It's in, in survival mode. And He goes on in verse 13, Paul, the apostle, this is, and he says, brethren... I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I will always do. I'm not letting yesterday focus my today. By the way, that's not just negative stuff. I'm not allowing my great accomplishments yesterday to say, hey, I'm happy. I can just settle down. Now, no, no, one thing I do is I press on and I forget those things that are behind and I reach forward. Those things which are ahead. I press towards, he goes on in the next verse, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, the enemy's strategy for our lives is very simple. He wants us to be detached through sin. In other words, if he can get us to compromise, God still loves us, but we're living isolated and we're detached because of our sin. You might say, well, why is that? Because God is holy, God cannot cohabitate with sin. That's why he sent Jesus so we can bring our sin to Calvary. And tonight, maybe you've compromised and God's saying you're here tonight because you need to hear God loves you. He's never stopped loving you. But you're living detached. And once you lay your compromise before him, he forgives you. We become distracted with stuff. The more we have, the more there is this distraction that takes us away from what means most. And thirdly, we become deactivated, I want you to hear this, by disappointment. And really tonight, that's what I want to talk about. I wonder what level of disappointment is in your soul. I wonder what deep down is really taking place. Uh, For us, we're in this incredible season in New Zealand. This year, We, or in fact, the last couple of years, we've seen the power of God working in ways that are just unbelievable. Uh, to be spending something like $90 million on buildings in little New Zealand is just unheard of. And to see what God is doing in the lives that are being changed is amazing. But if I were to turn the coin over, I've got to say we've had more disappointments in the time where God is doing the most. And I kind of feel like God has taught me that I've got to remember When Jesus had his greatest victory, he wore his greatest scars. That actually, the scars are not the things that will contain us. But it's when we look at the scars and we become focused upon those things that the enemy then can dampen down the wonder of what God wants to do through those scars. And tonight, I kind of feel it's just resting hard on my heart I mean, if you have time to read it, you can read in John 20 and then on into John 21 how there were 12 disciples and Jesus tells them that He's going to die and He's going to rise again. But one of the disciples by the name of Thomas, after Jesus has died, and even though He knew He was going to rise again, didn't want to go to church. He didn't want to turn up to the disciple group through the week. And so it was after Jesus rose how his disappointment, how the cloud of his today, the unexpected outcome of a a Jesus that just didn't die, but he was, come on, he was mutilated. And it's like, well, God, where are you in this? God, God, where, where are you? If you're the all-powerful God, I know he had to die for sin, but he didn't have to die like that. People spitting on him and the crown of thorns on his head And that fear of the unknown began to grip Thomas's heart. By the way, can I just say that our fear shuts the door to the miraculous? And tonight, I just, I want you to stay with me because I believe that God is going to unlock some hearts. You, You read in verse 24 of John 20, Thomas called the twain. One of the 12 was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. You know, you could be in church and not see him tonight. Kind of like Jesus is here, but you're not there. You, you're you trapped by the enemy's plan through disappointment. Come on, distraction of stuff or, or detachment of sin. And so the other disciples find Thomas and Thomas, we've seen the Lord, what Jesus said happened. He's alive. Know what Thomas said? Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails. And unless I put my finger into the print, of the nails and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. I found over years of serving Jesus that God can handle my honesty. But tonight I wonder if you're parked at a place where you go, I'm not sure that I'm going to believe because of what I've been through. Eight days later, Thomas is now in the room with the disciples and Jesus comes back and he says, Thomas, You want to put your finger in my hand? Imagine how embarrassing or how hard it would have been when Jesus came up and says, here's my hand. You need to prove it. Here's my side. You need to put your hand there. And he says, do not be unbelieving. Blessed is the one who hasn't seen. I haven't seen the miracle yet, but I believe I stand. Come on, in a day where they say religion is dying, thank God it is. But there are people that have met Jesus. Come on, and we are living a life and called to live a life that is so far beyond what we've seen before. The same disciples were the ones that had seen Jesus heal the man that had been by the sheep gate. They had been there when the woman with the issue of blood had pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garden. They had been there when Lazarus was raised to dead after four days because after three days, he was officially gone. There was no way he could come back to life. But Jesus waited for four days to show all of us that no matter how dead is dead, it's not over. They saw the miracle of the 5,000 men, maybe twelve to 15,000 family in 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 the group being fed with just five buns and a couple of fish. And it was just like, that was the miracle. But it's amazing, isn't it tonight? When we're surrounded with disappointment, that's all we see. And in chapter 21, as Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And this is the way that he showed himself. It was at the time where Peter, Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two other disciples were together. And note this, Simon, like Thomas, had been through three times denying Jesus. Maybe tonight you're here and you go, you know, I've stuffed up so many times. I wonder if God can really use me. You know what Peter says? He says to the other disciples, guys, that's enough, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, if you're going, we're going. Don't ever forget the way you respond influences others. Never forget that the enemy doesn't want you to be a light in darkness, to stand in the face of this. And immediately they went out into a boat. You'll know the story how they went out all night and caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. It's an amazing thing to me that Jesus understood that in our disappointment, we don't often come to him And so he steps towards us. And he said on the shore, even though the disciples didn't know it was Jesus, Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered no. And he said to them, well, then would you cast your net on the other side of the boat? And you're going to find some. So they cast the net. And now they were not able to draw in the amount of fish because of the multitude there was. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his, uh, put, he put on his outer garment, garment for he had removed it. He dived into the sea. But the other disciples came in a little boat uh, for they were not far from land, about 200 cubits. They began to drag, drag the net of fish. Then as soon as they came to land, they saw fire, fire, of the coals and there was a fish laid on it and the bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And there were so many, the net began to broke. You know, to me tonight, just briefly, it's kind of, they found themselves stuck in the now. Research tells us that when we find ourselves shaken, When we find ourselves confused, when we find ourselves in a place in a time of disappointment, we retreat to our dependencies. So for Simon, Peter, he had let God down. He didn't know what was happening. The promises now just seemed like rhetoric in the past. He said, I'm going back to fishing. And so we go back to drugs. We go back to alcohol. We go back to the dependencies, eating at times. Why? Just to find some level of, of comfort, And it's so easy tonight for all of us. Come on, when we go through the hard stuff, I'm being real. To go back to the boat. Yeah, God wants us to realize we don't have to get stuck in the now. We just gotta walk on. We've just gotta make a decision that we're not gonna allow what's happening around us to confuse the God that is within us. What do we do when we find ourselves unable to explain What's taking place? What do we do when all around us, the thing that we didn't think would happen, begins to happen? And I think for us, all of us, we have times where we're back at the boat. And tonight, I want to encourage you, just from my heart to yours, I want to deposit something that's deep. I decided I'm just going to keep walking on and I'm not going to end back up at my boat, but I've discovered I will end up back where I came from When disappointment is allowed to become a despondency. What's going to push you back rather than walking into the purpose of God is when you go through a disappointment, which we all will. But you allow that disappointment to have the elevation of your perspective and you become despondent about what you've gone through. Like Peter said, I'm going fishing. This is too much for me right here, right now. You know what, I forsake, I forsook everything to follow Jesus. Jesus said that his kingdom was coming to earth, but the Roman Empire, they crucified him. Three times, even though Jesus told him, he failed. And tonight, I've felt those feelings and I know what that's like. What do we do when we want God to say yes and God says No. What do we do when we're serving God and something goes wrong? I'll never forget one of our worship leaders finding out she had cancer in the leg. Her name's Rhiannon. We were on holidays and they were doing some work and it just began to blow up. And we got the news, we're up the north of New Zealand, that they were whipping her into the hospital and they were going to amputate her leg. We just got to holidays. We jumped in the car. We raced back to Auckland got to the hospital with her parents and family around only to discover she had already been taken into surgery. I'll never forget when they wheeled her back and here she is coming back into the room and I could see that the sheet stopped at her knee and they've got these drugs that bring them out very quickly and so she came out and I'll never forget the expression on her face as she began to realise her leg was now gone. You know the first words that came out of her mouth? Pastor Paul, you're here. Pastor Marie, I can't wait to lead worship in three weeks' time at the Parachute Festival. And I thought to my God, I wonder if I would respond in that way when I go through the unexpected. In fact, only this week I was walking out of our offices two weeks ago and we were going to look at our new building and out of the back of my eye, I saw Rhiannon walking down the stairs and she's got this specialised leg now that she puts on and I saw her walking down the stairs and it was just like this. As she went down the stairs and I thought, "My, I've never once heard her complain. She's just walking on. Come on, I want to tell you tonight, if you're expecting a life where there's no disappointment, you're never going to find the wonder of what God can do through, through your disappointment. And by the way, in three weeks after that, she did stand up and worship on one leg. She's worshipping in church and she's leading people to Christ because she made a decision that even if I don't understand it, I'm not going back to the boat. I'm not going back to what was. I'm going to be somebody that's going to rub in the face of the enemy that he may have his day, but in the end he has nothing. Let me put it another way. What do you do when the Father says the cross is for you? Well, that was for Jesus. No, what, what do you do when God says, I want you to walk a, a walk, that through that walk, you're going to release many, many other people. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. says. He says, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. You know, maybe you've gone through some things that you didn't expect to happen, maybe. I know with Marie and her early childhood, some of you have read her story when, Your innocence is taken and you had no say in it. You could live a victim because you allow that disappointment to become a despondency or you can make a decision. I'm not parking there. I'm going to allow God to use this because we're going to keep on walking. I received an email this week or two weeks ago. In fact, a week and a half ago from somebody in our South campus. I don't even know who they are, but she wrote, Hey, Pastor Paul, I started attending Life Church just a year ago during the Legacy series, and I just felt it on my heart that I needed to share my story with you. In fact, in May last year, I moved back to Auckland after being in Sydney, Australia, for six years. And I came back to New Zealand, and I was really broken. You see, I had lost my baby girl in September of 2016, and that was an incredibly difficult time for me. She was to be my first child, but I picked myself up and I told myself every day that it would be okay because other people had been through much worse. The truth that I had somehow ended up also in a very unstable and an abusive relationship. But I loved the man so much, but he was unstable. In fact, in January, January 2017, four months only after losing my daughter, my partner very unexpectedly hung himself in our house. And I had to deal with it on my own, I cut him down and I tried to resuscitate him. I can't begin to describe how I felt after that happened as self-blame grabbed a hold of my heart. And then others would point the finger at me and say, I had something to do it, do with it. I was then made redundant from my job and I could no longer afford my house. And I was extremely broken. And during this time, I had a few people throw scripture at me, Christian people, and tell, told me what happened was because I was sinning. Can I say, come on, let's not do that stupid stuff. I felt I was being kicked while I was down. There was so much to the story. In fact, in five months, I felt everything I had ever known, everything I had ever thought was gone. I thought I was going to start a family. I was engaged to be married. I had a house, a good job, but everything was gone. I wanted the pain to end. So I began to research how I could end my own life on the internet. Then I felt, because of my early years with God, that God spoke to me and he said, if you you give way to this, if you allow your disappointment to become a despondency, your niece in New Zealand will not be okay. And at that stage, I didn't realize that my niece looked up to me and that I was a role model for her. And I knew deep down that I had to move back to Auckland and so I arrived back in Auckland to my parents' house. It wasn't easy, but I packed up everything I had. I packed up what was left in my house, my cat, my rabbit, and I flew back to New Zealand. Yes, even my rabbit, because I had lost so much, I couldn't let go of anything else. So I arrived in May 2017 in New Zealand back to my parents' house in Manurewa, so broken, struggling with suicidal thoughts. Then something inside of me reminded me I had heard of a church in Mount Eden. And I arrived at Life Central service. In fact, it was late into the service and the worship team were singing the song, Beautiful Name. It was my favorite song and I had my niece with me and we looked at each other and we just knew that we were home. Life has literally become life for me. After a year, I have gone from being suicidal and on antidepressants, swimming in hopelessness to now having extreme hope. I'm excited for my future. I know that God has a good plan for me, and I thank God every day for Life Church. I want to let you know how much life has blessed me. God, through life, has brought me back to life, and I have a life that's abundant. I'm on the welcome team now, and my niece comes every service with me. You know, the devil tried to take me out, but God had other plans. He's lifted me up from the miry clay, He's put my feet back on a path, and now I'm filled and refilled for kingdom purpose. I'm so excited for the 2020 vision. She made a decision to walk on. Tonight, I'm talking to people. This is maybe not a happy, clappy message, but I'm saying to you, you come to church in a divine moment where God's saying, yes, you've been through some stuff. You don't have to hide that. The shame is not yours to carry. The guilt is not there. Come on, to lay you down. God's saying, would you get up? Don't go back to the boat. Don't allow the enemy and the disappointment that you don't understand to stop you, but begin to walk forward because we will have tribulation in this world. Uh, I love this quote by Robert Kiyosaki. He says, The size of your success is measured by the size of your dream, the strength of your desire, and how you handle disappointment along the way. Don't go back. Don't allow what you've been through to define who you are. Because I'm a child of God. God God loves to take the broken. God loves to use us. I think the second thing for me, just very quickly tonight, is we ended up back at the boat, if we allow that disappointment to become despondency. But when we fail our faith moments... You know, God wants you to take a step of faith. Can you imagine what we could see happen in the next season of time? If Marie and I didn't take the steps of faith that God's asked us to do, maybe there was no place for Leanne to come. If the music didn't practice and say, no, we felt like we couldn't do that, but God wants us to do it. And so we're gonna create an environment where other people can find God. We're gonna move in and we're gonna walk on into the wonder of God. Four years ago, I was diagnosed with a melanoma. And when I went to the top specialist in New Zealand, he had a look at my neck and they cut me with 28 stitches here. They took out all of the nodes in my neck and his prognosis was it's most probably right through your body. I tell you, for two weeks, there was this feeling of I could die. But what I made a decision was if it's my time, I'm going to go because I know where I'm going. But I'm not going to stop walking. And by God's grace, He met me at that point. I'm still here today. And I want to tell you, whenever your time is, don't allow the natural to determine the level of faith you have. And when things happen that you don't understand, I'm here to tell you tonight, it's just a platform for God to work. So here's Peter and the boys. Despondent. So they go back to the boat. At least one thing we can do is fish and you know, here's the reality. If you don't walk forward, you'll go back to where you think your security is. And where you used to catch fish, there are no fish. Come on, we are not called to park and go back. And so Jesus comes to them. and he's, I, I note his words. He says, children, have you caught any fish? Got any food? He said, no, we fished all night and there's nothing. You know what Jesus said? What? Would you cast your net to the other side of the boat? What a silly thing to say. If you've had anything to do with fishing, the width of a boat has nothing to do with the fish that's underneath. (laughs) Come on, look at me tonight. I want to believe that you and your children and your future is going to be so fruitful in the kingdom of God. But I'm asking you. Come on, Matt, come and join me. I'm asking you to take the steps of faith that God puts in front of you. If you step into what God wants you to do, if you take a decision to go, doesn't matter what I go through. God wants me to worship lead. So every time I go down a step, I've got to do this. I'm going to do it. Come on. No matter what I've been through, there's a niece. There's someone else that's going to follow my example. And whatever I've been through, devil, you thought it was going to crush me. But God's promised he's going to use everything together for good. So therefore, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to believe God. By the way, he didn't say, just drop your net. He says, I want you to be intentional. Come on, God wants every one of us to be men and women of faith. Some of you have taken a step and it didn't work out the way you thought. Don't you park there. Just begin to say, okay, God, you want that? (laughs) I'm believing the church in New Zealand is going to be so large. Whether you love her or despise her, you can't sidestep her. Come on, I'm believing that your family could be the talk of your street because you're taking steps of faith god is asking you let go of disappointment or it will become a despondency and that despondency will take you back to the boat secondly if you don't activate what god asks you to do you're going to miss out a couple of weeks ago my son is an avid fisherman he started his own fishing comp <laughs> he said dad would you come i said i love to as long as the weather's good sold 350 tickets and i got a few of those tickets And uh, one of our other sons was there and said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to fish the day. It's a Saturday comp. Woke up on Saturday morning. It was 40 knots. But we just made a decision. Even if we drown, we're going. (laughs) We went fishing. Long story short, 350 people fishing that day. Very bad weather. I got the biggest snapper. Have a look at the screen. 81 centimetres. I'm just I'm just saying it to boast tonight. (laughs) I think the point I want to make is this: some of you are allowing. Come on, what you see is impossible. To park you, and you don't park, you go back to the boat. Forty knots of wind. We went out. We had waves coming over the top. We had the best day ever, and we got a three and a half thousand dollar payout for having the biggest snapper. Just simple analogy. If you don't take a step of faith, the enemy's got a hold of you. Come on, we need a generation that aren't waiting just for our pastors to take a step of faith. All of us are gonna take a step of faith. We're gonna hear from God. And here's the final one as I close up. We end up back at the boat when we allow the disappointment to become more than what it is. Becomes a despondency when we don't take our faith moments. I think about Leanne and that story. A lot of times I've wanted to give up. A lot of times it's just too hard. A lot of times the scars seem too big. But you know what? We're going to keep having a church where God's name is glorified. So people who have no answer can walk in and find an answer. And I'm asking you to become a man and a woman of faith. And finally, we'll end up back at the boat when we seek to control the outcome. This is a huge principle. You take a step of faith, but God doesn't guarantee when the outcome is going to take place. God wants a generation of people that are going, whether I see it now or not, I'm going to keep at it. I fished all night and it hasn't happened, but I'm still going to cast my net. And I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to allow my insecurity, my fear of failure to stop me. I'm not going to allow the things that I thought would happen, would happen. I want you to get this. I don't know if I'm communicating good tonight or not. But Jesus walks up and all of these disappointed disciples, now they've tried it on their own and they're empty. And maybe tonight you're empty because you've tried it on your own. You know what Jesus says? Hey, children, got any fish? No, nothing. We'll cast your net. So they cast the net. They're gonna get another boat, 153 fish. But when they come back to shore, get this, get this. When they come back to shore, there's a fire already going that Jesus made. And what's on the fire? Fish. Bread. Do you know that God has got everything already that you are seeking to get? Don't allow what you don't see to determine what God has said. New Zealand. It'll never embrace a move of God. We're seeing a move of God. Tonight, I want to tell you, you haven't had your miracle yet. Don't you stop. You walk on. You just keep on going. Because God's already got the fish that you believe you need. You don't have to do it on your own. Come on. You just got to let Him have the decision about the outcome. Every disciple saw Jesus die and they said, where is God in that? You'll have many times where you'll say, where is God but what I want to tell you tonight, he's already got the answer. And we will walk on and we'll see his purposes. Come on, let's stand to our feet just for a minute. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.